West Limerick 102. The following is the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 29th of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan this week, Noreen O'Callaghan and Pius Horgan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. It is Wednesday evening once again. They tell me it is Wednesday anyhow. And it is a beautiful fine evening here in Newcastle West. And we're almost at the third month, the end of it, the 29th of March. And I'm joined by Noreen O'Callaghan and Pais Hogan, both coming from the hill country west of Newcastle West, otherwise known as Mount Collins and Abbey Field. Even that Mount Abbey Field isn't that high, but surrounded by a hill. In a lovely place, both places are indeed. Uh, Pius, you, I asked you what we talk about, and you said the books. You'd like to talk about the book family. Yeah. Very famous family indeed, all home educated from Castle Bar in County Mayo. Yeah, very educated family. As I said, homeschooled. Uh, one of them a teacher, a couple of them in the legal profession, and they are going to hell as far as I'm concerned. And I think what is it, Enoch? Is that the fellow that was teaching in Wilson's Enoch, Hospital? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think what he is, I think the way the stand he's taken on this, I'd agree with him 100%. Because when we went to school, which was a long time ago, you were either male or female. And as a man said to me once upon a time, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. So they were male or female. So, and now if, if you say you're neither, you have to go under the pronoun of they. And when we went to school and learned the English language, when you mentioned the word they, it was always more than one. Yep. Okay? So I think that uh, more people need to come out and support them. And I, need pe- I think people need to stand up to this total madness. It's madness of the highest degree. So I would hope to see that maybe some of his own um, people in his, his Church of Ireland, that they would come out and stand up for him and say what he's doing is absolutely correct. I would support him 100%. All right. Yeah, I I think it, it's very sad, and I think like the worst part of it, I don't believe a word that that school principal is saying because. That's it, Noreen. You would have to be careful not making mistakes. <laughs> well, the point is, the parents sent an email to the school saying that they never wanted their child called they or eat or whatever else that they wanted him to be called whatever until the transition took place and the boy didn't want it either but it was the teachers that made that decision of calling the child they or whatever so like two wrongs never made a right so who was right and who was wrong it's very hard to figure it out Tom well, we've you to hear your silent, Tom. Well, I, I was listening carefully to the contributors. Uh, you know, we've covered it a few times in the programme, Pat. 
and uh, I, likewise, I support the the actions of the network completely. You know, there was a there been the whole system. I mean, the whole uh, situation has been badly handled by a lot of different organisations. The school number one, the unions, and the school management uh, number two. The actual court system and the judiciary, I think, have acted disgracefully. And you know, it's a uh, it's really a bullying uh, act by the really by the establishment we call it. The government and the Department of Education are very very quiet in the matter. And uh, it's an area that we've covered a few times, and it's a it's a tricky area. And uh, you know, I I definitely think that uh, that this is really very very. Uh, very sad to see a family being victimised, being bullied and being blackguarded really you know, by the state yes, and I think it's time it stopped and that, uh, that, uh, that some kind of mediation took pla- take place at the top level the minister and the Department of Education have to have a gui- have to give guidance here as well and give, give instructions because it is a grey area across the board in nearly in every sphere of life at the moment. And it's very hard to say who's right and who's wrong. I really, you nearly want to be a kind of, a, you know, I advise what you want to be to, for to really clarify the situation as the, as it's developing. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station broadcasting from Newcastle West. County Limerick in the west southwest of Ireland, and this co- program is called County Views. Goes out live every Wednesday night from half past nine until eleven o'clock. My name is Pat O'Donovan. If you want to text in or call in on any topic you would like the panel to discuss, 0696600 or 087-166-9800. Jason Smith, our producer, is waiting for your calls, your messages, etc. And he'll pass them on to us. In relation to the books that, which most of the people in the country are familiar with, this time now it's going on for some time. And as you would have been aware of, listeners, that um, the principal in question, who has the, who had the showdown with Enoch Burke, she is no longer principal of that school since a few months after those incidents. And Simeon Burke, uh, another brother who was in court. Previously, when there was some words spoken at the appeal by Enoch Burke a few weeks back, and the family were manhandled while being removed from the court, and uh, his sister was taken out by uh, two guardians, and one of them, it would seem, and uh, looking at the news item, that she got an extra bit of a shove when she was reaching her destination. She finished up on the ground, and the, the Burke family now, a number of them, have reported the matter to JSOC. And uh, I'm sure they'll probably want to go a bit further than JSOC to get some kind of action on that one. So it, it's spreading quite a bit. And a question. All the panel tonight are in favour of the Burke family. All the panels on previous nights are all in favour of the Burke family. Yet it's amazing that nobody 
has stood out to support them in their court cases outside the courts or at the schools or any place else. I find that a bit difficult to understand. I, I think it's really because I suppose they act so eccentric and they are a very eccentric family. They're also a very highly intelligent family. But I think it's the way they go about things that are putting people off of. Now, like, we know they have a lot of support, but the support is not coming true, if you know what I mean. Uh, because if you talk to anybody, they'll all tell you, like, you know, they feel sorry for them. He's right. There should be no such thing as they or it or anything else. It's either a he or a she. But, you know, it's just the way they're going about it. You know, but there was the famous saying one time for evil to prosper, it is for good men and women to do nothing. So, like, we are a nation of st- sitting and standing idly by. There's, if it's not in my backyard, man, mind, thyself, seems to be a common thing in Ireland. Yeah, but, and, and that's probably one of the things at the minute that very few people want to take up the gauntlet there and say, look, lads, will you all cop on? And this transgendering, the percentage of people that are tran- transgendering is so small but still they have a huge organisation behind them. They have huge support. And I, I was talking to somebody recently that has kids going to secondary school, and they were saying, if this person wants to transgender, go away and transgender, and come back to the school with curls and with a dress. We be in the girl then, but go away and transgender and come back and do it, and then sit over there with the girls and say, I am now a girl. I, I don't think, Pius, that, tra- tra- that, that, that if you're a male, you're a male. I, I always thought that as, you can put on as many dresses as you like and you and lipstick yeah. and earrings, yeah. but you're still a man. Well, no, no, that that's still that, a male. That part of the anatomy is, is is looked after as well when yeah. a person is transgendering. They become female. Yeah, but that takes over years. Oh, it know, does, yeah, but it's it part of the time. But we have cases very recently brought here in Limerick and in Scotland and in other places where they have done a, more or less an overnight swap. Yeah, clothes do not identify the sex of the person. Well, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't identify the sex of the person because, as far as we'd all be concerned, that's identified at birth. But they would. Uh, it would identify their orientation. Yeah, and I, I suppose on that note, I suppose it's it's it was quite. I suppose it was right that the athletic board came out during the week and said, you know, that transgender people, if you were a transgender male. You could not play, you could not do the athletics with the females because, like, even if you were transgendering, it still meant that you had all the, the abilities of a man. You had stronger lungs than the, than the females. So you were actually in a better position to take part in that race. So I thought that was a fantastic move by the athletics. I think Lord Cole, is that his name? He was a famous runner for England one time. <coughs> He's head of the, the Olympic Council, I believe. He came out there with a very strong statement the other day that you're male, you're female, you're yeah. male is male, female is female, and that's what's going to be running uh, or taking part in the games. Yeah, well, this has been left drift. I mean, they're coming out a bit late in the day, you know. This yeah. is going on for the last 10 years. And, uh, you, you know, it, and maybe longer uh, with... with um, and in the athletics and the Olympics, in, in, in the Olympics in particular, 
and international athletics and probably native, uh, national athletics as well. And uh, they were very slow in, making, in, in, in coming to a decision. And this is the same thing what's happening here now at, at, in the education world. We haven't, we're, not getting, we're not getting transparency or direction or leadership from the minister or from the actual unions involved, you know, and it's a grey area. It's left now to the mess that it that it, it's in, and it's in a real mess. And you know, and it's going to develop into very it be very ugly, and it's going to cause an awful lot of problems in the school, in in the classroom, and in the home. You know, and 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 then as a result of that, it will spread into the, you know, the the army, the the, the army people, and the, and it's very very serious because it's not being handled and it's not being we're not getting guidance as to what the def, the definition is is it not a circus a yeah. court circus it is. Yeah. Yeah. Tom <laughs> is it looking like that uh, minority groups seem to be ha- having more clout than the, minor, than the majority groups Pat, at the present time we've always said that Pat in this programme we have identified that a long time ago that the minorities uh, let them be lefties or let them be you know, let him be right wing, right wing, gay, or you know, they have really, truly more uh, space and more. They have more airtime than anybody, than any other group. You know, and uh, <coughs> it appears to be even getting stronger and bigger. And what what really you know annoys me is, and it does annoy me really when I see these parades and all that. What's the need of those? There's no need of them. I mean, there's no one. I mean, I don't. They don't impress me, and I don't. I don't see the need for them. And what what kind of a message is it sending? Like, and you know, and you know, it's a recruitment kind of thing. Well, it's yeah. What is it? You know, I've never explained that you have to go on parade and that you have to be in television and that they have the television cameras there and that it's a big thing, you know. And sure, like it's unnecessary in my book. I mean, people are people that come out as gay, let them be. They have, we respect them, they have the rights, they have every right in the country. So, I mean, like, let that be, did it? Why have it in your face? Like, I mean, Correct. I mean, I'm not going to go up the street and say, look at me, I'm straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't care what you are. Yeah. And I, 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 I think, think they're celebrating the fact that they're being recognised. That they, they are gay before they were they were should they were beaten up and they were blackguarded yeah. and everything and I, th- I think it's a celebration of of being free now to express themselves. Yeah, but I, you know, to me, like you're whatever sex you are, like yeah, I don't care. Like, but is it not like racism if you like that the groups are what they are and they should get on with it? Yeah. You know, if you had coloured people deciding to have a march, hi, I'm coloured. I'm white, I'm something else, and I'm this country, that country. You're going to have a better hassle. Mm-hmm. As yeah. they would say, I'm going to looking for trouble. Yeah. Well, they're well, liberated now, is it? Well, there's nobody wanted them any other way. Like, I didn't, anyway, in my own opinion, like, and for any, anybody that I, that I saw, I had no problem. But it appears now that, that it's gone the other way around completely. And it's been put in our face constantly. It has been, and it's been highlighted, and it's been, it's and, it, and it's been promoted, and definitely more so than than the usual, you know. And as regards the support for for in a park, the the support, I mean, it, it always, I mean, in the, 
you know, it is in the death that no one going to stand up. I, I don't know the books. I think you you've had me you've had had him in the program, but I mean, they have their own they have their own views, and it's homeschooling as well, which is another area that's raising his head at the moment again. And there's and there's also a big debate about that. You know, I would be personally against it myself, and uh, you know, I think that uh, again, it's um, it is an, an, a situation that there are school at home. So, like, I mean, definitely, you know, it's the constitutional right is supposed to, for to do, for to do their own, for to live their own life. But at the same time, you know, when this situation has arisen, it's been very hand, badly handled by the old judiciary, number one. They have been very, very poor here. And we know that on, on this instance and in other issues, that they, they show their, they, you know, they show their true colours, really. But is it not highlighting the fact, knowing for those people who would have been in, in courts, and we've had the, the carry baby cases and so forth over the years, where people were literally blackguarded beyond belief, and they didn't have a right to question. If you go to court, you are entitled to ask questions, but it would seem here in Ireland and in most courts, it's a dictate dictat down from whatever judge and then tell you, Robert, you get up, sit down, get out, whatever. Whereas the, the, the books know the law inside out and they're asking questions. I understand that yeah. in, in the case of the, the, the first legal documentation and, and sworn documents were submitted by the school, they had to be amended because they were not correct. That's right. And yet this week we have a guy in Limerick, who equally swore false sorts, it is alleged, and he, he got an offer of two weeks in jail. We had a politician some years ago in Dublin who was sitting in a swing and who also made, I believe to be the case, false statements also, and nothing was done about any of those. So when you have people like the Brooks, who know their stuff inside out, have full confidence in their own ability at ignoring really is what it's about. Mm. Most people haven't that, that they're confident enough to stand up and question every word that the opposition barristers and judges are calling, and then you have the showdown in the court, as we've seen. You have, and be quite honest, that judge yesterday, I thought he was most disrespectful. I mean, when he was getting up and things, it was, bye-bye, you're gone. I mean, you don't say that to a child. Not a mind like to... Uh, they don't uh, like being questioned. I know they don't like being questioned, but I thought it was it was a horrible thing to say and it was really disrespectful. You know, and I, I, whatever anything else, I lost complete respect for that judge. I thought it was absolutely horrifying. Do you know? Yeah, well, if... if um if you were watching it, I was I was listening to bits of it and all that. And like he said, we're not in North Korea. He said to the judge, "You know, that's Korea, said, you know, I'm actually. said, yeah, we're not, we're not in North Korea. I'm entitled to ask a question. I'm entitled to ask this, and I'm entitled to ask that. Mm-hmm. But you see, as far as they're concerned, when they went in, they have highlighted now hugely the system when you go to court in front of some of these lads. Um, who depends what side of the bed they get out, the mood they're in or what they're going to read or what they're not going to read. And you were just saying that, Patrick, about, you know, with somebody in Limerick this week that 
you know, actually committed perjury. And perjury, the, 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 the rule on perjury is only in place, I'd say, about two and a half or three years. There was no act to punish people who committed perjury in court up until about two and a half years ago. But it has always been there. But there was no prosecution for it. And the maximum now is five years in, in jail or pay a fine of 100,000. And it needed to be brought in because the Yeah, but it's a pick and choose now. How do you mean? Is it, say, like, it's like the, the referees. It's a kind of, it depends on who the judge is. Well, you see, if you can prove perjury, you need, you need proof, you need to be able to prove it. And in this case that you mentioned in Limerick, it is absolutely proven. No, he was looking get he was looking get a year. He's appeared it, but he won't. He well, won't. He'll, he'll, he'll have to get it proven that he. But we had a case in Limerick not too many years ago where a guard and a superintendent, or shall I say, a, 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 a member of the guard of Chicago who was in a higher position than a guard and a sergeant, mm. and the, the, the superior to the guard summoned the guard for no tax in his car. And the two of them were in court and once were that he didn't have tax in his car and was part of that location and the guards swore the car was not there at all. Mm-hmm. O- obviously one of them was swearing false. Mm-hmm. And, and there, were, there was no there was nothing to punish that. There was no act. There was nothing there was no legislation to punish that. But it absolutely is there with the last about the last two and a half to three years. Perjury now is a crime. And it is a punishable crime. And I had a case myself a few years back. I had a case myself in court and with a guard and I was asking him telling lies on the road and I stood up and the judge told me to sit down. She thought it was my dog I brought to court, not myself, but the rest she roared me to sit down and then she asked my solicitor, I think your client wants to address the court and I went over and said, what's your name? literally shouting at me, like, because no respect for anybody who questions, like the Burks. I said, my name is Pat O'Donovan, Peace Commissioner, Commissioner for Roads. And she said, what have you to say to this court? I said, I am absolutely shocked at the lies I have heard the guard naming him. This is after telling this court. And his inspector stood up and he said, Mr. O'Donovan, I'd like to advise you that the guard so-and-so was under oath when he made the statement. And I said... I know. That's why I am so shocked. He sat down again. For the offence in question, she was fined him 100. For my offence, alleged offence, she fined me 150 for being cheeky. That's why I can understand the books. You, you daren't question them. Some of those judges, they're not all teetotals, shall I say. No. They're not all teetotals. Yeah. And depending on the day, you meet them as well. Tom? Yeah, well, we, you can hardly disagree with the experience that you, that experience that you had, and it's evident nearly every day in court, you know, of yeah. situations like that. Well, and um, so, like people will will get up and they'll, they'll swear and they'll go up in and they'll tell her in your lies, like you know, about the whole situation, giving evidence to them as well. And that is, but in, in all fairness, like to everybody, that um, you know, people that do take a stand. They have very little support. People are always, you know, they'll, they'll nod, they'll wink, and they'll agree, and they'll do it, but they won't actually, they won't come out. Like, this programme has been very strong 
all the time now. We've discussed it in a book situation from the very word go, and I think it's been addressed very totally. And you know, we have we have always we stuck to, to to the original line that we had. That was that they were being mistreated, regarded, and as it's going on now, it's getting worse. And as I, as I said, I'm repeating myself: the authorities are, are a disgrace. And and you see, you can take it in again. What I mean by authority, I mean by Ministers of ministers of, of our government, of our cabinet, that are elected and swear to for to carry out their duty. Look at the situation that we have yesterday and today in the army, and we've also discussed the the army situation and the program before anyone spoke about it mm. about the treatment that they were getting along on several occasions. Nobody spoke about that. Now, should, it's the same thing there. Nobody has, I mean, what what has happened is being proven now in this inquiry. And, uh, you know, again, who's responsible? The, the, the old governments, successive governments, successive ministers for defence, and is our president, is he the head of the army? He is. So, like, uh, would Mr. Michael O'Dea Higgins, like, what would he have to say about all this? No, they had very bad pay. They had live in accommodation there that were on a few years ago about a terrible yeah. accommodation. And I, I, I suppose with that, like, is that the sexual assaults on the, the women... You know, and men. It was absolutely appalling, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't just sexual assaults on the women, it, there were sexual assaults on the men as well. And, like, like we said, you know, so... It's rotten to the core. But this is current. This situation, this is not back in the 70s. This is not the 50s. We can't blame the church for this. You know, no. I mean, this is... This last year. Yeah, Six months ago. Last year, last year. This is only highlighted on the Joe Duffy show. I think it started by some ex-member um, of the force came out and said, what's happening? It's getting it from there. Every minister of, of justice knew about it. Every, like, every teacher and tarnished that, they know about it. What about our, our generals that are there with, with medals across their chest that most of them never had a shot in anger and with their big pensions and big salaries? What were they doing about it? Turned the blind eye, the same as the guard, the same thing. So, I mean, it's absolute, all public service and all is, is, in, is in a national disgrace in general. Now we're in, uh, at the table, the panel now, before we finish up at the 10 o'clock news, this all swearing a note business. People haven't that much interest in religion or anything like that anymore. So they don't much because... This author couldn't care less. I ought to swear anything you like, you know. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right there, Pat, on that, because I'd say, like, when a lot of people go into court... Uh, and they take the oath you know, before they give evidence or whatever else anyway. In fair regard, I don't think... Not anymore. Yeah, I don't think that they are listening to what they are saying, actually. And it doesn't mean anything to them. And it's a case of, I'll tell whatever I want to tell in order to get off or do something. But um, I know we'll say our, our hurler got caught with this. But... Yeah. I, 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 I thought the judge, I'll be honest with you, went a little bit beyond her remit in her, um, 
in her rundown of, the, of what she was what she was said what she said in the court yesterday. I thought she really went a bit <coughs> overboard, and it was not it wasn't called for. You know, I mean, okay, he did wrong. He got his slap in the wrist, whatever else. You move on, but what she had to say was just. But her comments wouldn't have been in keeping with comments in other cases. Her comments were not in keeping with other cases, yeah. which would be a lot more serious. And I mean, like, <coughs> that I felt, you know, just because he was um, a, a Limerick all-star and had played for Limerick and won his medals and everything else, that she was taking, she was going to put him up as an example. And that was the impression I got from her case yesterday. Well, I don't agree with you, know, India, and I, I agree with Pius here, you know. Can't hear you, Tom. <coughs> I agree with, I don't agree with Noreen in the, in the, in the, in the, in the judgment on it because uh, I, I heard her and I heard the actual, what, what she said. This case had been, is, is, was well investigated and as Pius has rightly said, and let's say we're talking straight here, we're talking when that's could be name it back, like uh, it was proven, you know. And I think that uh, where she was very lenient was in the sentencing myself, because as rightly said, it could have been 12 months, it could have been a month, and it could be a massive fine. And I also we'll hold it there, Tom, we'll, we'll go to that, that break, and, and we'll continue that discussion when we come back. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limerick 102 FM on the 29th of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan this week, Noreen O'Callaghan and Pius Horgan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners. You're tuned to West Limerick 102 FM, your local community radio station broadcasting in Newcastle West. On the panel tonight is Noreen O'Callaghan, Pice Horgan, and Tom Ryan. And we're talking about all kinds of things which are currently on the news. And we forgot to give Tom Ryan tea and biscuits there at 10 o'clock, which we might have, have them at 11. And uh, looking at the screen here in front of me, does the panel think those votes of no confidence in the government this week and today are a total waste of time? What purpose do they have? So, regards, James Holmes at hey, Noreen, waste of time? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know. <laughs> It's definitely a waste of time. We won't waste too much time in the data now because and they definitely waste time because, I mean, they know what's going to happen at the end, at the end of it. They know that the, the government are going to win that vote. And they, I think it's just uh, blowing wind 
that's all like do you know what I mean like they're blowing up a wind inside and all air and that would keep a couple of houses going on electricity as far as I'd be concerned but I mean like that labour one she's away with the fairies do you know talk about building a million houses if we build a million houses we'll have what uh, immigrants from the world coming over to, to take them up do you know so I mean come on Pius you see, just, 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 just look, just political horse trading, and at the end of the day, what, what was the vote about? The vote was about extending the eviction ban. So if you're a landlord, a lot of people are one-house landlords. We have lads there, will say, during the Celtic Tiger, they bought a house. A lot of people were able to hold on to it. Other people had to sell them off again. So some people bought this house as part of a retirement package, so they had rental income. They paid for it until people got to retirement and then they rented it out when the mortgage was paid and they had this money for retirement. So if you, somebody goes into your house and doesn't pay your rent, you're not supposed to be able to put them out. So that's, this is what this was about today, to extend the eviction ban and, to, and when that extension then would come to an end, it would be extended again. So as our friends, the Healy Reyes, Michael Healy Reyes, supposed to have 17 properties. That's right. Uh, there's 14 houses rented out and all that. He didn't vote for that the ending of that eviction ban, because he knows what it's like to be a landlord. So the landlord has to be protected, and I do have sympathy for somebody that's renting, but they should pay their rent. Tom? Well, I agree with I, I agree completely that of the, in the aviation, when they, when they uh, look for a vote in no conference, and because uh, it causes debate, and it shows up the incompetence of, of a government, you know, that, that are... That are I, 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 stupid would, would be kind of a, a, a wrong word to use because they're, they're worse than that. Arrogant. You know, I mean, they, they actually, the area here is housing and it's homelessness and it's, and I mean, they, they, the, the eviction ban, like, was put in as a temporary measure. They had plenty of time in the meantime, they had six or eight months to go and get, and to get uh, a system in where people that were evicted and that had nowhere to go could be accommodated. They, they didn't do it, they didn't bother doing it. It, it came under pressure from Sinn Féin. And then these, these people, there's a real mess for housing. And I wouldn't send them for a message, you know. And, like, the thing about this, they're all talk. I mean, housing, if we look at the actual whole, the whole core of our, of our democracy, is government and its leadership and it's about vision. We've, we haven't any of that. We have only friends looking and diving and looking at the next election and looking over their shoulders. So it is a good job that, they're, that they do get a bit of lambasting above and there. They don't get half enough for it. But if we look back over the years, Noreen, we have literally a month wasted with this kind of thing that's gone on here now for the past four weeks. And other items over the years, there'll be another week or two wasted again on the same carry on. They're highly paid, they're well paid. They could be doing something better. Definitely. But, you know, I think, you know, we, we have a problem with the housing. I mean, the housing is scandalous. But to me, like, is that, are we ever going to have enough of houses? Because we have asylum seekers coming in on a constant basis. We have the Ukrainians now who are refugees, uh, which are a different group altogether. But there is, n there is nothing at the airports to 
stop a lot of these asylum seekers who are no asylum seekers, who are deliberately coming in with no paperwork, with nothing, with no identification or with false identification. And we're housing all these. I mean, who... All the, all the other countries, even America at the moment, are having problems with their housing. They haven't got them. How can these, these people come in from the far, the far side of Europe, come all through Europe, into Ireland without any passport documentation whatsoever. They're going via, via the north, so they're, 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 they're stopping off in the UK. Yeah, but yeah. how do they get through Europe even to come through to England to get through to Ireland without any piece of paper? Well, sir, the, the, a gang of arrived to Killarney, they said there about three months ago and the, the paperwork was, was fake. But they got as far as Killarney with it anyway, about with the 20 something of them. But what they're doing, you see, is that they're, they're, they're getting through Europe. And if you're seeking asylum, it's where you land. That's where you have to apply for asylum. But Northern Ireland is part of the UK, so they can come from UK to Northern Ireland to down into the Republic. That's how they're doing it. So it is part of the UK. First port to call where Any place in the UK. Any place in the UK. Yeah, but any place in the UK is not Ireland. It is, but Northern Ireland is. Yeah, no, but we had to complete... Yeah, but complete. Sub- I mean, to me, like if the is, is far the end of it, complete. Yeah, but they're coming down from the north. <coughs> then they come across the border. Who's going to stop them crossing the border? Yeah, but the first place they landed was not the north of Ireland. No, either. but if they land in any part of the UK, they're still entitled to come on into the north and on down. Yeah, but they're not they entitled to come down to Southern Ireland. If they landed in Southern Ireland, they could be deported out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it is a bit of a... It is like a perjuring system. A, a bit of a joke of a system. Yeah. You see, the, the whole thing about it is, is that, um, that it's about non-performance. We, the ministers are not doing their job. They're not, they're not competent. They're not capable of doing their job. We have, it's the same thing. It's the same reference that you have to apply to the army now. I mean, or the minister, uh, you know, they appear to wash their hands. Nobody appears to have to accept blame. It's the same with the housing. I mean, that our brain is going around, he's talking non-stop, morning, noon and night, and he's, he's talking, and there's nothing being done. And there isn't anything being done. And, and we've spoken about it in the programme more often than any other subject, maybe law and order and, and crime, all right, but mostly housing and the incompetence of your local authority. If you look at the, the actual list last Sunday in the, in, the Sunday, in the mail on Sunday on the amount of houses and the social housing that Limerick City and County Council built in the last two years, I mean, if that isn't a scandal... I don't think they, 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 it, it amounted to 100, it, it, something about 70 houses that they have built, and, and, and outfits that are, that are in there in total disarray. Do you know what they're doing? They're borrowing money by the, by the hundreds of millions, like to, on projects, pie-in-the-sky projects, like Lansdowne, like the Hanging Gardens, like the Opera Centre, all that. There are millions being paid out to, to auctioneers, to, being, to developers, to all sorts of draft people and all that. And they're allowed to do this by the, by the sitting councils that we elect every four years that we elect in there. And the election is coming up next year. And there's hundreds of millions being spent like, and their house being built. An absolute disgrace. So you needn't, we needn't go to Dublin and we didn't go anywhere. We have it at home. Now we we'll switch... Pat, what are the panel's views on the recent revelations in St. John's Ambulance where we get a full investigation into happenings regards James Holmes? That came out there a few weeks ago. St. John's Ambulance, Tom? 
Yes, it's, it's another scandal. Yeah. Shocking. Going on for years. Going on for years. We had it in the Boy Scouts as well, hadn't we? we had, yeah. You know, you, had it in the, you have it in the church, all organisations. Like appear to have this. This has been a really, a really another. You know, this is St John Damblins. They were, they're famous. They're well liked. They're well supported. They do great work, and to have this going on within the system, within their organisation, and the abuse. I mean, it's absolutely very, very shocking and disturbing. And you know, I mean, and it's really is there any any place safe anymore for people? You know, and this didn't happen last week. This was ongoing. You know, again. In a, in in a, a, a national organisation that was well liked and well respected and supported, I I met. Now we have another one here from Ada Hessian. The judge should be struck off for his smart comments on the Burke case. Now the judges are independently appointed, I believe. And I suppose one might say uh, political appointments. Do you believe that? No, I don't believe anything. Political appointments most of the time. Yeah. So if, if that's what's called independence. But uh, it's a bad system where the judge can do what he likes, say what he likes. Tom and ourselves here on the panel there a few months back, we had a case in Kilmallock about speeding. Where the judge criticised uh, the, the Gatzer van, I believe, because somebody was a 35 or 38 over the limit, and the judge said it shouldn't be brought to court for that, and they shouldn't have got a ticket for that, which is uh, another judge in Europe uh, fined for 34. Whereas here's another judge saying they shouldn't have been before the court for the doing 38, Tom, I think it was at the time. It was 50. Yeah. Sorry? It was 50, I think. No, 38 and 13. 38 and 30, was it? Yeah. It was 38 and 13. He, 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 he asked him when was his gun calibrated, and he said he couldn't tell the judge. He said he wasn't, uh, shouldn't do that. Mm. And the next question he said to him was, what's the margin of error on your gun? Mm. And he said, I'm not at liberty to tell you that either, judge. And the judge said, I am the judge. I want to know. So I said, dismissed. Mm. And the other man, he, he said he was in his 70s in Newcastle West. He was caught doing 60 and 50, and he went to the guards and the whole that, and he said, where is the sign here saying 50? There was no sign saying 50. He said that in court, and the judge said to him, are you telling me that you're driving that road with whatever many years, and there is no 50 up there? He said, it's absolutely not up there. He said, I'm going to take your road for that. And he dismissed it. So, we've been saying here for the past five or six years when we've had this programme, the inconsistencies yeah. is appalling, and it is very annoying for people who are the victims of it. It is because, like, you pick up the paper, you look online or something, and for the same thing, like whether it's speeding or whether it's with a phone held in your hand or whatever it is, there different judges are going to be putting different a different price or different summons on it. They're going to be saying, you know, um, I'll find Pice there, 70 or 100 or whatever. I'll find Noreen probably 50. Yeah. You know, she smiled, she's nice. Mm. You know, so you have mm. this kind of thing that's going on as well. But the inconsistency, you see, is the big problem here. And again, there, there's no in the door. You, you won't hear anybody questioning him decisions. I mean, we said a decision last week, four and a half years in jail for a, a, a total disfigurement of a woman. Like 
you know, I mean, it was shocking, you know, and we have that day after day, different different courts, different ju- different judges and different sentencing, and, you know, an awful lot of it is on the, on the, on the lenient side as well, you know, which, which makes a mockery of the crimes that, 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 that and the victims that, that have been the victims of the crimes that these, that these toes and, and, and hoodlums have, have actually inflicted on people. And, uh, you see, it, this is, this is what, the, the revolving door situation and the two fingers, this is what, where all this started. And you, with the inconsistency and with the actual, you know, very bad callings by judges over the years, I say have played a major part in the crime and in the actual continuation and escalation of crime in this country. And nobody ever talks about that because the judges are like, God, you can't be mm-hmm. happy. So that's why in a book, I have to give great credit to government stand up to him anyway and, let, and, and let him put him into jail, that, that let him out of jail again. And you see, that is the decision. And only more people do things like that. Stand up to the authorities and take them on. That's the only thing. But you see, it's very, people won't do that because they're afraid of them. It's going to cost money. It's going to cost money. You're trying to just make one or two FM broadcasting from Newcastle Eastern local radio station. If you have any comments you'd like to tell us about or ask us about, uh, 069-66200 or 087-166-9800. This program is live until 11 o'clock on this Wednesday evening. And on the panel tonight is Noreen O'Callaghan, Pius Horgan, Tom Ryan and producer Jason Smith. My name is Peter Donovan and we'll be back to you shortly after that break. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 29th of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan this week, Noreen O'Callaghan and Pius Horgan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Welcome back, listeners, and you're tuned to West Limerick 102FM. And it was as well, we had all the buttons switched off during that conversation. So back to you again, folks. Or we go for a song in view of the, the male being a female and vice versa and all these complicated matters for us old folks. Nowadays, we thought Benny Hill, the very famous comedian, English comedian some years ago, he has a very funny song out and it is What a World. Due to podcast regulations, we are unable to play that song on this podcast. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.
Welcome back, folks. That was the famous Benny Hill, the wonderful comedian. And if you listen carefully to the words, they're quite hilarious in my doors. And I, I won't refer to the three maids with the she-cat. I'll pass that one for another night. And back here again is uh, what are the panel's opinions on the media circus around you? Who will replace Ryan Tuberty as host of the Late Late Show? And RT better off to finish it off. With Ryan Tuberty as the show has gotten outdated, stale, with the same guests every couple of months. Also, there isn't the same questioning and scrutiny of public officials since Kay Burden was host. Michael Conway Croke, thank you, Michael, for that one. I have hardly ever watched it since Kay Burden left. He was, to me, a real professional, very smooth, top class at his job, and I just don't have the have any appeal for what has come after him ever since, so I don't watch television, only very, very little. But I do love comedy, ladies and gentlemen, and I think comedy is very good for people. Ken Dodd, many, many, the English ones especially, I find them first appeared in the Irish sense of humour, even though they said the English haven't much of a sense of humour, but they seem to produce fantastic comedy sketches. And at these times when you're listening to doom and gloom and whatnot, tune into comedy, folks. Yes. Uh, no, really. do, do you know, like I, as you say, like there is a big talk about this. Who's going to replace uh, Ryan Torbett here? Well, personally, I, I don't care because I don't watch the late lead. But next Friday night is uh, is going to be a fantastic night. All right, it's the one he does once a year. It's all country. It's all our Irish country bands. Like country music, Norin. Yeah, I do. So that's why it will be a good night because it's going to be good, and it's it, it has all the the top country bands, and it's. It's about time, we'd say, that RT gave our own Irish... But that's only a one-night stand, isn't it's it? It's a one-night... Once a year only. It's once a year, but at least, you know, he gives it the once a year even, whereas other programmes that are on, other they don't even play them, like, you know, or anything else. They don't encourage them. That brings in these ones from across the border, or, we'd say, from England or wherever else. But a lot of the community radio stations like this one and also some of the commercial stations, especially on the upper half of the country, they play a lot of country music. They do. Mm-hmm. But our, we'll say RT ones, they don't. No, but RT, Very little. they don't play too many Irish artists no. anyhow. Nice. Who will replace him? I don't know. And and I wasn't a fan of Ryan Torbidius. I suppose there was only one show every year that he did that was... He was top class at, and that was the Toy Show. I suppose he was the best presenter of the Toy Show ever. Um, who, I do watch the Late Late Show, and the one thing I'd say about him is he, he couldn't land the big names. So if you take watching the Graham Norton show and see the set and this, see the way the whole that is laid out, it's just far superior, like they're having a drink there and let them have whatever they want. But Tuberty's was... You know, he hadn't the skill to get the best out of people. He didn't have the best of... of um, Researchers. Be, uh, of, of, we'll say, personalities on it. So, uh, will they go after Graham Norton? Well, he's Irish. Well, I don't know if it's actually in the I don't watch it at all. Because um, it's the same old broken-down actors and, you know, and, and we're looking at him every second day on, on, on the television... And uh, I, I believe, you know, it's it's really boring to me. To me, it's the same thing all the time. And you know, it's been hyped up, and I don't. I never. Uh, what I like is I, I I did enjoy the Dubliners when they when they had a show and the country uh, program as well. The country, the country music is 
packing it, wasn't it? But it's yeah, the program, it. The program really, as Tommy is saying, if they get in the big names into RT for that program, the presenter is kind of irrelevant once he's able and capable of doing the job. No, I reckon if we just look at the format with Graham Norton, and I might like yeah. him or you mightn't like him, it's, it's relevant. But he is excellent, he runs an excellent show. It's witty, it's humorous, he can say things he probably shouldn't say, they're having a few drinks, and tis light-hearted. Most of the stuff on the Late Late Show is kind of political. Yeah, There's too much politics in it again. It's boring. Uh, yeah, and bringing in all the molads and should I suppose, you know, whatever, a couple of weeks' time, I don't know when it's gone off air again, but in a couple of weeks' time you're, you're, you're going to have the Minister for Housing in. You're going to have in, you'll have Mary Ewing. in. You're, there's some of that stuff that's just topical again at the moment. It's going to be rehashed on the Late Late Show again. You'll have someone talking about housing, immigrants, so that stuff. And we, you know, let the doll talk about that. But there, is, but there isn't enough of uh, entertainment in there. It's boring, you know. No, it's it's, I think it, it's kind of past its sell by date, really, you know. And uh, you know, and these stars, these washed-up actors, that, <gasps> and you know, I, 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 I bet. I said, what in the name of God? And there's these you ones know? from. Uh, and people go and buy them, like, and listen to them, you know, yeah. as well. And they're getting big, and, and the fees that they command for appearing like, on the late, late show, I mean, it's frightening, you know. It is uh, like you say, like the, it's supposed to be an entertainment yeah, program. Yeah, yeah. It's not supposed to be a political yeah. program. I mean, we've enough of them during the week. We have between prime time and God knows what. That if it is supposed to be an entertainment program, yeah. that's exactly what it should be. But bringing in these, as you said, these has been are these people who think that they are something. They might have been in Love Island yeah. or something that stupid. Get more than we're getting here, even. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. but I, I listen to BBC radio an, an awful lot, and you rarely have politicians on it. It's news, news, news. Whereas our national broadcaster, it is probably 60-70% of politicians. Yeah, current affairs. Yeah. All that kind of, it's but it's politicians, 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 yes, politicians. Whereas, the news even that thing at five o'clock in the evening now, it's nearly more like a, a chat show now because yeah, ringing on this, ringing on that, something like ourselves here. Yeah. Whereas, there's plenty of news items across the world that we're not hearing about at all disasters yeah. worldwide. Yeah, you get it on the BBC, you won't get it on RT. Yeah, but if you take the Mara and Dahi show there now, uh, you know, if I'd ever have thought... Yeah, if I was at home, I would. But it's entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Light-hearted, good fun, entertaining, some lovely guests on it. They're cooking, they're entertaining, they're talking about dinners and wine and fashion and everything under the sun, and it is entertaining. But that's what, the, like we said, it it's classified as an entertainment thing. Lately, it's so is supposed to be entertaining as well, yeah. but it's not because, as we have said, Tommy said, it's boring, because all you have is, you have that one. I don't know what her name is. She's on it every second week. You see her up. You would see her on the the text that she's going to be on it. So then you're not going to watch it. Do you know? And you have all these ones either in the Big Brother or in. Love Island or something. Imagine that. Do you know what? Imagine looking at him and listening to him. You know, I mean, I can't. I can't it it. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, Give me a good book. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now it's coming on towards that break, so we'll go to an ad break and we'll be back to you shortly. 
County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. You are listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on West Limwick 102 FM on the 29th of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Joining Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan this week, Noreen O'Callaghan and Pius Horgan. As this is the podcast of County Views, the phone lines and text lines are now closed. Please do not phone or text, otherwise you'll be unnecessarily charged. County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061 314 948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie. Back again, folks, and back and then you're very welcome indeed. Now back to our magic machine here. Pat, these evictions and the housing chaos that's ongoing at the minute, does the panel think that it will change this coalition in the next election, or will it be all forgotten and the same government will be voted back in again regards James Holmes and the Tay? And Pat, these evictions and uh, the housing chaos, the same thing again repeats itself, yeah? So we've got on the evictions, housing chaos ongoing at the minute, does the panel think that it will damage the coalition or will they be re-elected again? Nori. You have an awful lot there. What was the last bit there? You were really it's all the one bit, really. Will they, will, they, will they get re-elected again, despite all the chaos about the housing and that? Yeah, I, I mean, like, unless there's going to be some really uh, top-class um, people put up for election, I think you're going to end up with the same thing again, because uh, the opposition aren't anything better than what's inside. Uh, they're all... They're all talk, but no action. And I mean, like, we've seen, I suppose, as well as that, for the past week, plan permission for so many houses in Dublin and Fingal Council turned down the whole lot. They were building, I don't know how many houses they were looking to build. They were turned down because it wouldn't go with... Uh, the amenities, it wouldn't, the amenities of the area, wouldn't things, all excuses. And I suppose when you think of all the, the plannings that have been turned down, it is it's frightening and people looking for houses. Yeah, well, Mary Lou was asked that question about uh, a scheme that was being built somewhere in their own constituency, and she said, no, they voted against it because the houses were too dear. Sure, let, <laughs> like, let them build them and let who could buy them by them. And if some person bought it, sure, they were off the market, they had the house yeah. bought. So will the current government be re-elected again? Uh, I think myself, I've looked at Fine Gael there, we'll say, and is there 12 or 13 of the current TDs not running? Yeah, they're retired. There'll be solid ones now that we're always able to get re-elected yeah. in the worst of days out for Fine Gael. Fianna Fáil, how many are they going to lose? Will Michal Martin lead them into the next election? And the next thing then, has Mary Lou peaked? Has Sinn Féin peaked at about 31%? When will come for people to make the decision? They nearly made it the last time, but they didn't. They nearly made it another five or six seats and they were in the driving seat. But um, you could have a four-party government the next time. The independence... Oh, yeah. The independence did reasonably well. 
But now the independents really are part of the government at this stage because they voted with them all on these cases. So will that affect the independents? Well, the focus I know of the two main parties, which are, apart from Sinn Féin, is to curb the growth of the rural teas. They know that there's a diktat from the Avradkar and the two people that were commissioned to do it yeah. is our own local TD, Patrick O'Donovan <coughs> and Simon Coveney. And they're told in Munster, get out and try and win back the support from the rural TDs. And do you think then that the, our independence, including our local independent here in West Limerick, that they have t- t- tarnished their copybook like the Greens did in the past and the Labour Party did? Because basically they're part of the coalition government at this stage in view of these votes. Well, this is only the first time they've really nailed their colours to the mast. Yeah, but was, yeah, the but chips are down. The chips are down but, yeah, but you see, if you look at that as well, some of those are landlords. They might be landlords, but they'll be going for election the next time, they and now they'll be blocked in with... They won't. The, no, if they, what most of those lads are doing, they're single issues, like the, the, the cataracts going to Dublin to the north, getting hips and knees done and this type of stuff, and they're going in the bus, they're organising all this stuff, and they're heroes. That's Collins and the Healy Rays. Oh, right? yeah, 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 and the following West Cork, wherever you see Collins, or yeah, Collins he's there, yeah, yeah. and you have the mates. Well, I think that, um, <coughs> Pat, that the, the damage that uh, is being done by themselves, really, and the incompetence that they're shown, I, I think they're in, they're in serious, they're in a very serious position as regards retaining retaining government and uh, you know I mean looking at them looking at the at the stupid way they're running their departments the the controversies that are there like non-stop morning noon and night that are all fixable and manageable by people that are competent we haven't them and uh, you know all they're doing is firefighting and I think they'll pay a price for that I mean and I think really and truly there's a shake up needed both nationally and whatever about nationally, there's a badly need of a shake-up locally as well. And I think that, uh, I, mean, I don't mean a shake-up for the sake of it, I mean to get rid of the actual, they're gone stale, they're gone, they're gone really, they think that, uh, that they don't realise the, the importance of their position as regards managing a country, managing an economy, and they're hoping like that, uh, that, that the Sinn Féin situation will, as Pius has rightly said, will flatten out. But the, the, I think that really and truly, if you look at this week now, if you look at, the, you can go back week by week and look at issues and how they're handled, and they're not just able to do their job. They're not able to run the country as simply that, and they'll pay a price for that, and I think they should really and truly. Now we'll move on to the next topic, and... Uh as I said a little earlier, I love comedy. I think it's very good for people, very important that people should get comedy, reckless comedy, anything or tuning. And this is our second last one here in the queue tonight. And this gentleman tells us who the new host will be in his opinion for the Late Late Show. The new host of the Late Late Show will be genderless, humorless, talentless and hopeless. James <laughs> in Newcastle West. Good man, James. Very nicely put together. <coughs> now I'll go to another friend of mine up in the hills, Sweet Sugar Hill, Leo Duggan. Leo called, does the panel think judges should be tested for alcohol before they sit at the bench to judge cases, etc.? I think, I think they should, Leo. Also, should they be required to refrain from alcohol before they go to the courtroom? 
I think they should layer. Similar to what pilots have to do in regards to alcohol before they enter the cockpit. Refrain from alcohol and set the amount of hours beforehand. Refrain from alcohol for a set amount of hours before. Very good points, Leo. Thank you very much, Leo. You've been there, Leo. I've been there. We nearly got the smell of it, Leo. Now, Maureen. I, I think to be a brave man that would go testing the judge for alcohol on the bench, I'll be honest with you, because I certainly wouldn't be likely to be the person. No, but it's the system. I know the system. system. Yeah. yeah. I suppose, <clears throat> in fairness, I suppose if you're talking about having somebody there uh, make passing judgment on somebody, uh, whether they're guilty or innocent or whatever else, you know, you cannot afford to make mistakes. So I, I suppose, by right, I suppose they should be tested not just for alcohol but for Drugs narcotics as well. You know, should be both should be. Like we've correct. seen it over the years of judges coming into course. I'm an old man now, so I can go back a long way. And they were nearly literally held down in arm to sit them on the bench. We've had cases where the judge fell asleep during cases. Yeah. And dare anyone question it or point it out to them or raise it. Yeah. So I think Leo's point is that there should be independent people there, just like people in racing and, and yeah. uh, Olympics yeah, and all that. They're drug tested, drink yeah. tested beforehand. Yeah. Like people are up in charges, it is very serious. Yeah. And it's open to some one individual to have the power to do what they like, yeah, sober or otherwise. So, mm -hmm. like, you, you really want all your senses about you. You want to be in, you want to be completely alcohol, drug free. You want to make sure that you're, because you're, that person down there could be totally innocent. And maybe because the way your head is going, you're going to convict him mm. and destroy that person's life. Or it could be the other way around. Mm. Well, can I say to Leo that when I was a young fellow, I bartended in the railway bar in every field for Dick Fitz and Kitty, and I often filled him a good pint for Leo, and he was a good man to drink a pint as well. Leo? Yeah, I was, yeah, Leo Leo's Duggan. He never drank uh, in his life. Uh, I can tell you he did. Now, Leo, let's put it up to you. He said, I, I understood, Leo, from you that you were always a teetotaler. He's a teetotaler nowadays, anyway. Yeah. But about the, the testing these, they should, of course. And, and, you know, if again, if you work in these big urban areas where you have members of the legal profession and where court is held a couple of days a week, and that afterwards it's commonly known that good children go on the raz and they go on the rave. So they're not clean from any of those two substances. A lot of them. Tom, well, well, very the whole, good question. Yeah, it is a very good question, right, Pat? And, you know, you take it actually, you can take it Joe Coastley as well, that, uh, you know, good to see a judge and he did, he, he married, you know, I mean, we, we, I, I, and I'm quite aware of what you have said there, Pat, as well. It has happened, and uh, Leo is 100% there. Uh, they should be alcohol-free and drug-free as well because they're sitting in cases that, that are people that are being brought in for drunken driving and, for, and, and, and serious cases. Of, of, and they should definitely, 
definitely be totally, completely focused on, on what, they're, what they're doing. And also, there has to be some system brought in. And there, there is a general idea at the moment, like that, that um, the consistency and the of the judging and, and, and of the their decision, their decision making is, is being called into question. And that's not a bad thing. This in a book thing, I come back to it again, will help to maybe maybe extend that idea and there definitely should be a, a very, very strict selection basis, regardless of political affiliation. And that is the that has been the right across the board up to the Supreme Court, you know, it's been an absolute disgrace in this country where people have been put into positions that you wouldn't send for a message. And to make to make judgments on very serious cases, and the conduct and their record has to be there has to be some authority over it. Like we, I won't say like uh, an ombudsman or something, but there has to be something somewhere that people can refer to as regards the judging and the decision making. And, you know, it's a shocking situation that you'd never hear it being brought up in the dial, but people can question them. You know, they're not, they're not gods-like. No. They're, they're, <coughs> they're being hyped up a lot of them by their pals in the political system. That's what they are like. And, and they're in a position then to make you or break you. And, and that is, that is a, a very, very but, big but position. They're being found out a bit by bit. You know, they're, they're actually semi... That a lot of them aren't capable and shouldn't be appointed, and they prove that then in time. Well, well you're right there, Pius. They have been found out, but it's a slow practice, oh, yeah. and there's a lot of damage done in the process. Correct. And you see, but again, you see, the reason and the what happens is they have been found out, but what about the people that appointed them? You see, like in the actual, if you look at the the the, the Magnificent Seven, you see uh, the film. There was a, I mean, Calvero was the, he was the, he was the gangster, and you know, Brenner was the, was had been was looking for people to, to actually for to fight him, for to protect the Mexican villagers, and they were in a hacienda, and there was this, this fellow was sitting at the counter, and he was all scars, he was he he said that uh, can I, uh, and the little Mexican said to him. He's a tough-looking man now. He said, if, who says Brenner? Remember the scars, he said. No, said Brenner. The man that I want is the man that gave him those scars. So it's the same with the judges. The people that appointed them, you see, it's the same as the, the army, the people that are over the army, the people, Mr. or national president above, or poet, the, uh, supreme, like, what is he to say about the report today? You see, it is all, this country is full of hookery and dodging and ducking and no responsibility. We're taking a dive. Uh, Ex-Board Planala official faces nine planning charges. The former Board Planala Deputy Chairman Paul Hyde has appeared in court on nine counts <coughs> failing to comply. That was another one that I had my experience in dealings with, which I felt like the books, that I was totally ignored and something that was very much right any objection I put in that was misread as as my name, Sir Patrick O'Donovan, to put on as an observation. I appealed it to on board Planala, spent three four hundred euros, drive up, handed in, and it was considered irrelevant. Board Planala, we've been on the bottom for years. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the behaviour of the power that those people had and, and, and 
all the victims because of the behaviour of those people. Now they have been found out, as one would say. Yeah, but, I mean, there's only two have been found out. There's not more than two of them in Bourne, like that are just as guilty as the two that were... That are going to but again, I think it is very important, in my opinion, like the books, nobody had the guts or the ability or the intelligence or brains enough or to understand the whole system well enough to take those people on and they were eventually got away with what they got away with for years. Well, Pat, in that instance now, we, we talk about Bob Planala, but before you go to Bob Planala, you can go local. Now, my whole position at the moment is being recorded for the planning regulator and the behaviour of the local planning authority here in Limerick City and County Council and Borplanala. So, like, the, the whole... So, there is, as you rightly said, you know, Pat, I am in, in a position at the moment to challenge them, and that's what we're doing, and that's what will be done. So, they'll account to, they'll account to someone, the actual Limerick Planning and City and County Council, because Bob Pinala and their regulator is now involved. And you see, so it's the case of in a book, someone has to challenge these people. And a lot of people are afraid of them because they've been bullied, but I'm not afraid of them, and I'll challenge them, and I'm doing it. There's an old saying, you can't beat the system. Noreen, <laughs> it was a pleasure looking at you for the past hour and a half. Thank you. And I thank you for joining us tonight. And it was a pleasure looking across the table here with Price Hogan. And I couldn't see him to myself. I was looking with a, with a big screen in front of us. And big enough then, Pat, to see me. I was seeing double. I was seeing half of Price and half of myself there for half the night. So I removed that. So if you have two bangs And your there, substance taken, Pat, before you... <laughs> started, were you tested for, for substance abuse before you started the programme? Maybe you're admitting you couldn't... You were seeing double there now. So if, if you, I, do, I was seeing double yeah. indeed. And if you have two bangs there during the course of the night, it was me removing this screen from the COVID. <laughs> and again, our sincere thanks to our good friend and Lyle servant, Tom Ryan. And we send best wishes to Polly. I believe she's a little unwell at the present time. We haven't heard from her now in a while. And I send good wishes to... out of circulation, yeah. Polly, but you're not forgotten. And I send good wishes to Mark Tierney, my, my, co- <laughs> my co-man, and uh, he's, I, I hope he's well tonight. He was through procedure today and uh, looking forward to seeing him for the weekend. So, folks, we health is well to take care, and we'll be back to you again in due course. So, for tonight... Good night, God bless and take care. 102 FM. You've just been listening to the podcast of County Views as broadcast on Westland Week 102 FM on the 29th of March 2023 from 9.30 to 11pm. Noreen O'Callaghan and Pius Orkin joined Pat O'Donovan and Tom Ryan for the discussion... County Views is brought to you by Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, Limerick and Newcastle West. For all your legal requirements, phone 061-314-948. Tynan O'Donovan Solicitors, tod.ie.